0: down in the den so go tell a friend the best podcast on earth is about to begin we got jokes and news and movie reviews after Dark and NC 17 with the crew interviews with the best artists around so like comment subscribe the show starting right now let's go like comment subscribe the show starting right now welcome to the season two debut of down in the den after dark. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you, but I am back and I am joined with some great friends with me for this episode. We're going to be doing it a little bit different season two. The regular crew will be back and they will be featured throughout the season, but we're also going to give you more of what you want, more open and raw conversation, more honesty, even more fun and more dialogue and more guests. So, Without further delay, I want to introduce you to our awesome panel that's going to be joining us on this open dialogue. We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about ideas of masculinity, sexuality. Everything's on the table. From the Cameron Journal podcast, welcome to the den, writer, host, political mastermind, Cameron Cohen. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, brother? Doing very well, thank you. That's quite an intro. I appreciate it. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. Also joining from me, the Queen Mother herself from the Mama Life Podcast. She's a podcaster. She's hilarious. She does the tops of the tick that all the young kids are doing. I'm, I, I'm slowly learning how to tick my tops, but I haven't really figured it out. She's a mother of three, if I'm not mistaken. Three boys three boys from the Mama Life podcast. Welcome, the Queen Mother, Rose. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you. I'm good.
0: Awesome, awesome. And we have some other friends that hopefully will be joining us a little bit later in the conversation. Uh, We know how the Zoom world works, so uh, they'll be coming as soon as they possibly can. But my man, Dom, from the True Players podcast should be on a little bit later. So. Guys, thank you for joining me. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm stoked to have you guys all. But first of all, I wanted to start off this conversation that a subject that sometimes has a sore spot for a lot of men out there is the concept of masculinity. Uh we get the terms toxic masculinity, regular masculinity. What does that even mean? We're in a, a generation uh where gender is is now discussed in different terms than we've ever had and it's been a lot of trigger points for someone so i'd like to start with the lady first because i'm a gentleman and that's not being toxic or at all but as a gentleman i'd like to start with the lady what is your concept of masculinity when it comes to you what what do you see as your vision of masculinity
1: I see a guy that's not afraid to express himself because nowadays guys are afraid to show emotion, like being afraid to cry. So I see a guy that's, you know, that's vulnerable, that's not afraid to express themselves. I know like in today's world, it's like, oh my God, like don't cry. Or or for mental health, for that, for an example, like, Guys, we don't know that they have like mental health issues because they're like afraid to say something. So I define masculinity as just an expression of self, like a guy that's not afraid to express himself, no matter what.
0: Absolutely. That's a a good answer. And, and, you know, I can imagine as a mother of of three boys, that's something that you really have to uh, be there and, and cognizant because I know I grew up, I'm an 80s baby. And, uh, you know, I call it the uh, rub some dirt on a kid generation, whereas, <laughs> boy, you weren't allowed to cry if you hurt yourself, if you fell and bust your knee, you know, suck it up, suck it up, be a man, rub some dirt on it. Uh, Cam, uh, what, what what is your opinion when it comes to masculinity and what's true masculinity? And uh, here comes Dom and everybody. So perfect timing. So we're going to bring them in. Uh, but Cam, what's your vision? when it comes to masculinity
2: in that term? Well, we are definitely in I think a transition period. Um, We are definitely in a transition period when it comes to our ideas of masculinity. Uh, Mostly because for better or for worse, the world has changed. Um, Especially economically, Uh, a lot of the professions that Men, particularly non non college educated men, could um, slot themselves into don't exist, <clears throat> and so like, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of men who kind of don't know where their spot and their place is in society, and that's not an easy problem to solve, not quickly or anytime soon. I think. Um, that's kind of the like, my view of society. At a personal level, as the bi guy. I, you know, I kind of have always had a thing for working class dudes. I used to hook up with a guy who built ships at the port of Seattle. And I thought that was fantastic. Like he would come over and like, his like, like like is like welding uniform and all this type of thing. I'm like, let me get these dirty clothes off of you. Like I, think, you know. So I I think it's because I grew up with an aunt whose husband works in an oil refinery. So you know, my young sexuality was you know influenced by these ideas. But um, yeah, I you know, it's not, not to the denigration of anybody that works in healthcare or anything else. I just have always you know enjoyed you know a guy who does some sort of like weird technical sort of working class kind of skill. Um, so it, it's, it's a it's a weird thing, but we're, we're definitely in a transition. The definitions have changed. The place in society for men has changed. And it's it's really tough to be a, a young man right now. It wasn't easy, you know, 10 years ago when I was in my early 20s, and it's harder now. And I think a lot of young guys are just, they're just not quite sure what to do with themselves. And that's that's leading to apathy, a lot of anger, and a lot of inaction. Wow.
0: Well said. Well said. and Welcome, guys. Uh, my man, Dom, I told you he would be here in a few moments. I wanted to make sure I give him his proper flowers and give him his proper introduction. Dom, we were talking about our ideas of masculinity. Uh, but from the True Players podcast, this man does sports. He does controversial talk. He does fun talk. He's one of my favorite podcasters from the True Players podcast. My man Dom, welcome to Down in the Den After Dark, where everything's unfiltered, completely raw, and straight from the horse's mouth. How are you doing today, brother?
3: I'm doing well. Sean. How's everything with you and how's hello everyone on this? Uh, I'm blessed to be on this podcast with you, Down in the Den After Dark. Been waiting for for a long time to join you guys on, on this on the platform.
0: Yes, sir. And I'm so happy to announce his partner in crime coming as soon as this links up. His man, Joey G, we did an episode, a spicy episode uh, of their show where we were talking about our ideas of uh, child support. And uh, I had a couple of aunts that did not like me after that episode, but they looked at it anyway. So that's all that matters. But uh, Joey G, um, he'll be here in just a moment. So uh, when he comes, we'll, of course, give him his flowers. But, Dom, we were just talking about Rose. She's from the Mama Life podcast. My man Cameron, he's from the Cameron Journals. Uh, salute to everybody. And uh, they're some of my favorite podcasters like yourselves. And there's my man Joey G. Joey, how you doing today, brother?
4: What's going on?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for joining me. As I was mentioning, I was on their show, and, and we had a great time just chopping it up talking about child support, talking about all types of cool shit. So it was a blast. It was a blast, man. I'm so, so gracious that everyone can carve some time out and uh, have this chat with me on After Dark. So Great to yes, be here. So We were talking about masculinity. We were talking about the idea of being masculine, how it's changed in the last, I guess, 15 to 20 years, at least in my generation. So, Dom, I wanted you... Uh, to have your net state. What is your idea of masculinity uh, in 2021?
3: Uh, 2021, wow. Like, what can I say about it? Um, it's, not what I, it's not what I was raised to be, what I see right now. You know, I came from, you know, my, my pops was a strong, uh, old-school Haitian dude. So he's felt, you're a man, you're a man. You're a girl, you're a woman, you're a woman. It's real simple, Um, you know. It's just not not my what I see the the guys doing with the tight the tight pants and all that stuff, and wearing heels and wearing skirts and stuff. I'm not down with that. I'm, I'm more traditional, more traditional guy. Um Regular sized pants, rock a suit, rock a shirt. You know what I'm saying? You know, where you know, be well dressed, be be a man. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter about sexuality. It's just you being a man, man being a man, and a woman being a woman,
0: in my opinion. Joey, what's your take? What's your take on masculinity in 2021? Does it exist? Is it? We always hear the term toxic masculinity, which uh, I don't know. I'm not a psychotherapist. I don't know how new that term, but we hear it a lot. About but right. a lot of us were taught or bred, what was true masculinity? Right. Of growing up, what's your take on that in 2021? How do you feel it's changed, probably in this last generation?
4: Um, coming from the background, kind of like Dom did, where you have a strong father figure in your life, and um, your life. their definition uh, of masculinity is the hardcore you're going to be a guy you're going to wear the suits you're going to wear the ties and all of that and you're walking that line as we get past a certain decade things start to shift and it's more about being comfortable in your skin and it teeters on the line of femininity to to various degrees now whether it's right or wrong that's not for me to decide it's all about comfortability um but it's what i've seen in the past, what do you say? Twenty years, twenty years or so, has yeah. been a a, a a big change from what I was raised from. Where there were basically people doing that behind the scenes, or there was areas like uh, Manhattan, in Manhattan, where they they would be particular areas where that was deemed okay. Now, from that era till now, it seems like it's everywhere. Everybody's comfortable doing when and wherever they want to. It's, just, it's a totally big change. It, from being raised in that environment where there's a strong figure in your life to keep you one way to a point where you now are the father and you have to decide how to bring up your child and be sensitive to what is new and still teach what is old.
0: Yeah, that that's that's a hell of a yeah that that's a hell of a word that's a hell of a word now for me I would say I'm somewhere in between because I'm mm-hmm. when when my beard was down here I used to go by Marlon Beardo Bearded Weirdo man I'm peace love unity you know peace <laughs> I'm a big hippie uh-huh. you'll catch me out there with my feet out in the dirt you know maybe with maybe with some party favors that mm-hmm. that's that's just me you know so. I was raised father in the home, mother in the home, very traditional. But one thing I was missing growing up was religion. I didn't have to go to church. The only my mom, like, I remember, mom, sorry, 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 please don't invite, you know, disinvite me. But I remember my mom, you know, having a little bump, maybe having a little reefer. I didn't know what reefer was, but I knew that it smelled like potpourri whenever my uncle would (laughs) come over (laughs) <laughs> and I knew that I couldn't touch those brownies, when normally the brownies were up for grass but then as I got right. older, so my parents were out there partying my my mom had me at twenty seven, and my dad was thirty, so they were much younger than I am now, and then she had my brother at seventeen, and my dad was twenty, so they were still partying when I was very little and then it wasn't till probably the nineties where my mom got religious got saved, start going to church. Well, by that time, I was a, 10 years old. I was a heathen. I'm like, I'm not going to no church. What the, what the hell are you talking about? No, no, I'm out here in these streets. So <laughs> for me, it was very easy for me to get in touch with my feminine side, to have no problem with anyone in the community. And I, and I don't think masculinity and having anyone on the spectrum is necessarily a mesh. It's not saying they're one or the other. But I I was also raised to hey, if you need to cry, cry. Right. If you need to tell someone something, tell someone something. If you you didn't have to suck it up. It wasn't until I got in the outside world where my friends that may have not had the father figure that had to be made the father at a young age where I realized, oh, I'm raised different. My views are different. You know, I had friends from all the communities in high school, which I went to high school in the 90s. So having a gay friend right. in the 90s was like, oh, are you gay? I'm like, no, they're, they're <laughs> right. People. They don't think I'm attractive. I would be flattered if anybody felt me attractive. High school me is not anything anyone wants to look at. So my, my views are different. I think it's actually better. Um, right. It's more difficult to be the traditional masculine yes. life. I don't see my parents had a house at 25 and I know people that are like in their 40s buying their first house. Mm -hmm. Like my parents are married at 20 and I have friends that are in their 40s that have never been married. So those traditional, But I think that has a lot to do with economics. I don't know. What what say you guys? Who who wants to take a stab on that?
3: I think economics has everything, everything to do with that. Considering that you know back then inflation, when the parents was buying houses back in whether the eighties or the seventies, inflation wasn't as much as it is now. And what happens is that the education that you know we as um, people are lacking, where, where the top five percenters are getting that education, is always in the in the in the race to outpace the inflation. That's mm-hmm. why you see certain people of certain ethnic groups or races are above us because they had the they had the education very young. They knew the game about how to um, uppace inflation. and that, That's an important thing. Economics is big. Economics is big in everything. It's big in, in your relationship, love and money. It's all intertwined the same thing because if the finances is suffering your relationship, it's going to affect your relationship no matter what. No matter how much you love each other, it's going to affect it because it's going to be like, oh, who's going to pay this bill? Now we're behind this bill. What are we going to do for that? You know, it's all about... Finance is very important, but it's not about having so much money. It's knowing how to manage it properly.
0: And that's the key. That's where Who's married? Is anyone married in here? One, two, two, okay. So of that, it 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 the economic aspect is very interesting to me because I, I was married. I was married for nine years, uh, recently divorced. And so it was an adjustment. I paid probably 90 percent of the bills in the household, but there was an adjustment because there were certain things, you know, hey, let me get this light bill. Let me get this. Let me get that, which you don't realize. But then I also found myself, for me, I had a little bit more money when I didn't have to pay for health insurance. I didn't have to buy one meal instead of two. And I was like, hey, I'm I'm getting a little bit more money not being in a double uh, house in, you know, double income household. So how do how do you feel? And Cam, you, you're the man on this with economics. How do you feel the change of just like how the dollar is really just, it's nothing now? It, it, my dad always tells me, my mom used to send me to the grocery store with the dollar and I would bring home change. Now, mind you, my dad was born in 1950, but just the concept of going anywhere with a dollar and coming home with change, I can't even buy a soda at some sort of a <laughs> oh damn, what the hell is what the hell is going on like somebody give me something somebody give me something no, on. I'm
2: so glad you said what the hell is going on because that's the title of my first nonfiction book available on amazon um <laughs> a new post covid edition coming in twenty twenty two um <clears throat> uh th- it's not that the uh it's not that there's anything wrong with the dollar or the money um it has much more to do with wages. Um, real wages have not risen since 1977, um, which and and even you know even if you adjust adjust for inflation all this type of thing, um, you know wages that that only moves it forward to about the mid 90s. So we are we are trying to live at 2021 prices with nineteen ninety-five dollars now. Bearing in mind, my dad, my stepdad, bought a house in a good neighborhood with a twenty-minute commute to his job in 1993 for ninety thousand um, dollars. My parents are about to retire, and they're going to sell that house for about four fifty. And I and my parents don't remodel. My mother hates anything to do with construction or rearranging furniture, so nothing has been done to this house in the intervening twenty-five years to add to tack on, you know, three hundred thousand dollars of value. Um and so uh you know this is this has been the problem so it's, it's not that the the there's anything wrong with our money or anything like that we are wages have not kept up with production we're producing more than we ever have while getting paid the same and wages have not even begun to keep up with the cost of living um now some of that has to do with the fact that this is a very unpopular opinion. Um, but people are coming around to it in the seventies when women left the home and went to work. We unconsciously effectively doubled the American labor force overnight with no mitigation for that. And so when you, and and a lot of those women went into, you know, low, low wage, uh, minimum skill jobs and that, and because of the labor force increased like that so quickly, literally in a decade, um, uh, that had a profound effect on, on wages and wage growth and all this type of thing. And now we're in a situation where there are more women graduating from college than men. Um, and they're taking, you know, more jobs in a wider variety of fields, all this type of thing. And so there's kind of there's kind of been this very, you know, odd and different transition. And it even also affects sex and dating because men tend to date horizontally socioeconomically or they will date down. A woman can bring not a great job, not a great income to a relationship and still do very well for herself husband-wise. If a man has those things, and that is increasingly the case, good luck getting a match on Tinder. Um, I'm a full-time writer and artist. I can tell you the struggle is real. Um, I live in a town where people work for Amazon and drive Porsches. It's not fun to date in this environment. So... um, you know, all those things have, uh, have have changed around. I mean, yeah, you can't get a loaf of bread for 35 cents anymore, um, you know, or, you know, all this sort of thing, but uh, the, the real fundamental problem is that since 1980, and when Ronald Reagan tore apart the reforms of the New Deal, wealth has increasingly flowed to the top and to those who own assets rather than those who derive their wealth from labor, which is a very fancy way of saying the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And the the wealthy are are hoarding money at at the top, and this is also from a generational cohort perspective. This is bent to the disadvantage of the tail end of Gen X and most millennials. Of all wealth in this country, millennials only control four percent, and two two percent of that is owned by Mark Zuckerberg himself. So, literally, one member of our entire generation has two percent of all the money we have. So you know when you start having so when you start having conversations about manhood and masculinity and all this sort of thing, and I I used to write for the Good Men Project, and we were having all these conversations about manhood and masculinity, and I was writing about sacred archetypes and all you know these the kind of the, the spiritual path of being a man, which I think is very important. Um, the the real kind of moral of the story is that um and this and this is something that people it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, modern men are economically disadvantaged. Now, that's not a narrative we're prepared to talk about in this country. That's not something that people really want to hear. Um, And obviously it's worse if you're a person of color. But the reality is that men are economically disadvantaged and um, particularly non-college educated men are economically disadvantaged. And that's going to have social implications in the future. Um, If you want to find out what happens to societies where you have large masses of unemployed young men, I would invite you to go look at the Middle East because everything over there is going so well. So um, this is something where, you know, down the road, we could start to see really nasty social blowback from men being excluded from society and not being properly prepared, not for the economy that we wish we had, but the economy we actually have. Um, and obviously automation and this sort of thing is only going to make that worse. So, I mean, I, I, I suppose, you know, if you have, you know, if you've managed to build a career and have a job and all that type of thing, I think there's a lot of mixed messages in the environment right now, because while a lot of women say, Oh, they want to have, you know, a sensitive man who's vulnerable and all this type of thing. Um, I would have some questions to those women about the men they date. Because I hear what y'all saying, but your behavior does not match your actions. So, like, so there's, and I think that's the mixed messages that men are getting. It's like we're having all these conversations about emotional vulnerability and mental health and all this type of thing. But it's very difficult to say that that's going to get you anywhere in a dating or marriage scenario, given the fact that, you know, women, you know, if a man is, you know, reasonably attractive and emotionally unavoidable, um, ladies form a cue to the left. Um, And I think that's part of the struggle that young men are having nowadays, which I think gets you, when you look at it this way, you see why Jordan Jordan Peterson appeals.
5: Hmm.
0: Well, I'd (laughs) like to hear from the two married people because Cameron brought up some interesting facts. And, you know, I've given my story of coming from a two household income and actually making having more disposable income after losing that partner. For you guys, how does that structure affect your relationships? Is it a fifty Because I know I, I see the all the time where it says, I'm not living with no man that I gotta go fifty-fifty with. I, I hear that all the time. And that kind of triggers me a little bit because I'm like, dude, you, you live here, bro. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking right. about? But then that goes back to masculinity. In my actual past relationship, I paid 90% of the bill. So I found myself right. being the person that I was like, you better pay 50-50. I didn't pay 50-50. So <laughs> for the for the two married people and whoever wants to go first. What's your view on that, and, and how does it impact your household? You don't, I don't want to no smoke. I don't want you to get in trouble, though, so I don't want to see any bruises on my account.
1: <laughs> you know what? I don't really think it's 50-50, per se.
0: <laughs> nope. <laughs> Keep it uh, real, so we speak to you the know, power here. <laughs>
1: For real, like, it's not really 50-50. Like, honestly, the only thing I honestly pay is, like, the light bill. And my husband takes care of the mortgage and other stuff. But when I was working, like, I still felt like it wasn't 50-50 because he's always like, I got it. I got it. So... (laughs) So, yeah, like he's an accountant, so he knows how to manage his, you know, money, right? So the money flows because like every month or so he does like the budget and stuff, which I'm bad at because I like to spend money. So honestly, I don't really think it's really 50-50, even with other married couples, it's never going to be 50-50, so. Joe. Yeah.
4: I agree with it. I agree with what she said. Um in in my household it, it's it's the opposite. My my wife is the breadwinner because her job pays more. Um and even if I worse to catch up, she would still be in charge of the money. So <laughs> and it it's just because she's more financially responsible in that. Like when it comes to paying things on time and thinking ahead for or planning for vacations and things like that. She's more on point when it comes to those things. Me, I'm kind of laxy until it comes to crunch time. Then it's like, I can put my two two cents in and we can make this happen. But I'm more of the um, fourth quarter player and she's the more of the the whole game player. you you call me at the end of the game when you need me to make some points we're going to make the points other than that she's she's the main the main when it comes to the finances in the house um i don't have a problem with it um that she keeps up with it but then again on the other side of the spectrum my masculinity is like i should be the person in charge of these things, or I should be putting the money on the table to have it divvied up. It shouldn't be coming more out of her pocket than my pocket. I feel like I'm always playing catch up when I am working. So any money that I get is gone. <laughs> so there's no really saving as far as my pockets are concerned. So it's, it's the opposite spectrum as far as um what she, she just said. And um, that's, from my my point of view and the way my marriage is right now.
0: Now you mentioned you know how uh, you know that can sometimes hinder your masculinity or make you feel some kind of. It make me feel that way, yeah. yeah it make you feel now. In my opinion, I think that's the toxic part because I think a partnership, which I, ideally in a relationship should be a partnership, and mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be financially. Like, you handle what you handle well. Right. If we're a team, we all can't be LeBron. You know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody got to be J.R. Smith and just, you know, forget to call time out. Somebody has to be someone, you know, someone has a role on, right. that, um, on that team. So, for me, I know coming out of a, a nine-year, well, really a 15-year relationship of being married for nine years, it, you know, it was interesting, and ours broke down over mental health issues, uh, not necessarily financial, but financials can can compound on that when other things are going on. Because you're like, "Hey, I'm paying this, and this right. is not happening, and this is not happening." And I think that led my area of toxic masculinity was being not being able to channel that. So instead of saying, "Hey, let's go get counseling," let's go, which I do now. I'm I'm pro, but back then. Right. Black man, I didn't go to counselor, you know. I, no. I I smoked the L and and <laughs> watched the <therapy. laughs> movie uh, called it a day. That that was my outlet. So right. how how do you guys and Dom how do you feel? You you're also on the single train with me. How do you feel that contributes to relationships now with the balance with the financials and, and everything? What what's your uh, intake on that? Uh,
3: my antique is, I believe. Uh, I, let me just start with a previous story about with my own parents. My mother was a breadwinner. My father was a strategist, so they paid much bunch, clean off each other. My father was a, was a hustler too, so he was like, "Oh, she didn't want money to me." My, his ego wouldn't let that happen, so he had to do other hustles. But get Grant's grand, grand um, scope of things, as far as the masculine side of it. He had to be the strategist. He had to control where the money was gonna be allocated, um, applied to. So I guess in the sense that they balance each other off. In a sense. Because she was getting the more, more money. I mean, not it was that big of a difference, but she brought in the more money. He was a strategist to, to know how to the the, the checkbooks was balanced and the uh mortgage, all the business paid. That was him that was the mastermind behind that. She just was she just sat back and chill and worked. That's it, you know? Um that's the thing too. Um, as a man, in my opinion, that's my humble opinion. Um, he should know how to strategize and do handle the money aspect of things. No matter if he's a breadwinner or not, you know it's um it's not easy, but um, is is good. It makes it even better when you have a partner that's understanding as well. Now, if your partner's understanding and understands that your faults. We're not perfect. The thing is that a lot of people enter relationships and marriages thinking that the other person got to be perfect. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as perfection in a relationship. So you got to find a way to fill it. You, the thing is, you have to fill each other's holes.
5: You know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) About you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's why my relationship didn't work (laughs) out. (laughs) Now.
3: You know, you got you got to fill each other's holes because you know, and especially when you're in a marriage, it's not about two people; it's about one.
5: Right,
3: and it's, it's and we get lost in the aspect because women are, you know, due to the, due to the um, evolution of the woman, she's not the housewife anymore. She is a, a career. She has a career now. She's an entrepreneur. She's all. She's independent. It's all about how you, how you navigate the independent part of your aspect and bring it into a, into a relationship, into a marriage. That's what makes it work. That's what makes the marriage work. And the uh, the problem is relationships is, is always ego always gets in the way. And I feel that, you know, once you get the ego out of the way and you could now navigate, work with each other, I think anything is possible in the
0: grand scheme of things. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. So we have two married, uh three single, one divorce. Um, do do we feel married is that an outdated concept? Is cuz I I was I've been looking at Kevin Samuels lately. I, I didn't really rock with him before, but I I've watched a couple of episodes and a little bit more and more and more. And I'm still not 100% with him cuz a lot of the aspects he talked about are more faith based, which I don't think they necessarily have an impact on relationships. But some of the women are are super unrealistic, you know, or, or what they expect and what they bring to the table. And I think we all could probably, as you mentioned, ego death is a good thing for everyone. Having your ego kicked and, and curb stomped can really help you as a development of a person. Uh, so, what? <laughs> does does marriage have a place who who wants to take that Do you, does it really even have a place besides you know a, a financial situation now is it it's really just okay you can you have the rights to if i die you can pull the plug on me or if i go crazy you can tell me where to go what loony home i go to besides that is is it is it really a purpose? I feel like the divorce rate is that like I'd never thought I'd be divorced and here I am. So I, I feel like it's probably they say it's fifty percent. I feel like it's much higher than that. And then I think the marriages that are actually happy are probably significantly less than that. Is it an outdated concept? Who wants to take that? I
2: have so much to say about this. Have <clears throat> I have a friend in Vegas who I'm very old fashioned. I grew up evangelical. I always always the whole thing of like, you know, you get up, you meet somebody and then you like get married. Um, and divorce is the dirty word that you never say. Um, obviously my views have changed and moderated as I've gotten older. Um, my last relationship ended badly and thank God we didn't get married because that would have been it would have made it 10 times messier than it already was. Um, and um and we also had conflicting, basically conflicting mental health diagnoses um, where, you know, therapists were kind of like, this, this is not going to work. Um, and then I agreed with them. And that was the end of that. And uh, and so, uh, but her and I have, been, have had many long conversations about the nature of, of marriage and relationships and all this type of thing. And it, it, I liked how Dominic brought up perfection because she has this idea, like, if you're a good man and you're going to be with her, there's this whole like list and litany of things that you have to do from housekeeping on up. And if you don't not do any of them, then it automatically means you're disrespectful. And then that's just not going to work. And I'm kind of like, we're talking about humans here. I guarantee you, somebody's going to screw it up. Like, that I can promise you. I can't promise much, but I can promise you it's not going to be perfect every single day. True. Like, that's just the reality of it. And for her, that was not something that she was willing to accept. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I mean, I don't mean to be all Kevin Samuels about it, but there's a reason you're single at 42. Like, I mean, that's, and I'm not usually that guy, but it's like, this attitude... Begets, you know, certain outcomes, and I, I've I've gone from the I want to get married and have lots of kids to I want to get married but not have kids, and now I'm kind of like I don't even know if I want to get married anymore. <laughs> like, like I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm just like devolving, <laughs> like because it's just like and especially like I'm 33, I'm dating. You know, I have four friends who are either divorced or getting a divorce right now, Um, all kind of in this age range. Um, And, you know, and I have one friend who 20 year relationship is going, uh, you know, six year over here is going all this sort of thing. And um, and because people like to sit down and tell me everything, which is great when I'm doing a podcast, not great when I'm just on the phone with people. Um, I get, you know, inside the inside track on so many of these relationships. And I'm just, I'm kind of just really discouraged by the the whole thing and kind of how relationships break down. And so I think, I don't think marriage itself is an outdated institution. Married people are happier. They tend to live longer. They tend to have more money. And our economy is definitely calibrated to have a two-income household, particularly when it comes to buying a house, Um, all this sort of thing. So, I mean, there are definitely positive benefits to being married. And this is going to piss a lot of people off, but it's also the ideal environment to raise children. Having mom, dad living together in the home, studies have shown children from those types of homes, they make more money, they graduate college at a higher rate, they go on to have more successful relationships themselves. Now, I came from a I came from a home where my, the parents that I grew up with are stayed together. Um, my mom and my dad got married when I was five. Yeah. No, six. 1994. I was six. Um, my father and my mother did not stay together. I didn't meet my father for years and years later. Um, a common black story, but true. Um, so, uh, and uh and, and so that you know and that you know enables you to have the money to send your kids to college and for them to do better and all this type of thing so i don't think marriage is an outdated institution i just think all of these mixed messages and all these mixed ideas and all these rather old fashioned ideas that many women have about relationships is the problem in terms of women kind of want to have their cake and eat it too And that's not going to work. Like, you can't, you know, on the one hand, be like, oh, I'm independent and I want everything this way, my way, and all this type of thing, while also wanting a marriage and a man and for him to pay for everything and do for everything, all this type of thing. You can't have it both ways. And there's one kind of canard I keep hearing from, like, women my age is that they kind of want things both ways. And I'm just like, that's not a thing. And that's not just men and women. That's a human problem. That's just not a thing. <laughs> like- <All right. laughs> Big Rose, what?
0: What's, as a happily married woman, the mother of three, you, you've mentioned that, you know, hey, it's not really a 50 50 environment. But obviously, raising three boys is a hell of a job. It's a very important job, a very rough job, also a very rewarding job. So I would never negate the contributions into the household. And I and I grew coming from a household where I had both mother and father, I can look at my own siblings and see the difference. I thought I had grew the Cosby life. And then when I was 17 and I was graduating, my dad said, Hey, do you have an extra invitation for your sister? And I was like Oh, yeah, I got who? He was like, Yeah, you have a sister. She's 19. She's coming. I'm like, Bro, at, so at 17, I found out I had a sister. And I said, Where the hell? When did this happen? I'm trying to do the math in my head. He was like, Yeah, well, you know, me and your mom was separated for eight years. You know, that's how black families do. They don't actually sign paperwork, they just yeah. separate. <laughs> And he went and had another relationship and had my sister and they did that and then he came back and then they got back together and I was born. So I found out at 17, oh shit, this is not the Cosby life. There's some demons in this household that I didn't know about. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of demons. Oh shit, this is hell. This is where the demons live. But I love my I love my parents to death. They're you know, God bless them. I, I have both of them. So how's it for you, Rose? Uh, for me, that was what I saw, which changed when I got older. And then reality was like, no, you didn't have a perfect family life. Shit was messed up. How's it for you in your house with being married, having three uh, kids, being happy? But do you have those stripes? Do you have those arguments where you feel like you guys are not balanced? You guys are not on the same page. and. Do you feel that, hey, sometimes this concept of being married is not working for me and I'm just pushing through? Or do you feel like, you know, every moment, yeah, there's some challenges, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't take anything back.
1: I think it has some challenges, but I feel like many women, you have to open the lines to communicate instead of like, yelling and trying to battle because my husband is like a big talker. If we have a problem, we're going to sit down and talk about it. See, that's the difference. I think people get married just so they can say they're married, not because, you know, they love the person just so they can have that big, fancy, fantasy wedding and say, oh, my God, I'm married now. That's not going to last. I think, you know, standing in with the communication, and talking and everything, that's what matters. And to um, to piggyback on what Cameron said, like, I think that, I don't know who says something about this, like what women expect, but I don't think any women should put that pressure on a man if they themselves can't be equally perfect. Because I know some women are not that perfect and they expect men, to be that perfect in order for that man to marry them. But at the end of the day, like if you're not bringing anything to the table, why are you asking the man to have some money and to have a car and to have everything before you guys get married anyways? But my answer is I think the communication, as long as your communication is strong, everything's going to fall
0: in place. Communication most definitely is key. And you touched on something that is not talked about enough. I feel a lot of people get married for the wedding and not married for the marriage.
2: Yeah. If, you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Who, who wants to yes. touch on that? Before you guys get into that, I have bad news. I actually have to go. <laughs> I have a class that I have to start teaching in one minute. So great conversation. Glad to participate and meet everybody. Hi. I will see you guys down in the den next time. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye bye. You Absolutely.
0: Definitely. Have a good one, anyway. Bye. Have a good one. Good luck in the class. Y'all go right ahead. Cool. Oh, I, I was saying. Um, it, it, what's your opinion? Picking back and off uh, what Rose was saying about uh, the communication aspect in these relationships, and more importantly, women. You know, coming with their list because I hear. A, 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 you know, I've seen it where. I, I've been, you know, I, I'm pretty handsome, I would say, uh, you know, nice car, my own house, was making six figures a year and stuff like that. And I had a girl say, damn, you would be bad if you was six foot. And I was like, your mattress is on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mattress is on the floor. And right. you told me I would be a baddie if I was six foot. Are, are, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? So that, that was an ego check for me because I was like, literally, I could I could buy you if I wanted to, and, 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 you, and you're you telling me because <laughs> I, I'm 5'10". I'm not like 5'3". I got to say if I was like, Prince, I'm 5'10". I'm like, average height. And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it blew me away. And I was like, I'm not even interested to you. You gave me a backhanded compliment. So how, <laughs> how does that, how do you feel about that though? <laughs> No Who wants way. to go? You you wanna what, are, what you want
4: to do it? I'll let you go first. <laughs> I'll let you go first. I'm holding you my tongue know, right now. Dad. I'm making there notes.
3: Be a, <laughs> any female comes to me like that, the doors is, is the door is automatically closed on her. She can only be a one night stand from there. Only okay. be a one night stand. I ain't got time for that. You know, I mean what what are we doing here? <laughs> I dealt with a situation I dated a female who had no papers and I watched how her family and Georgie G could, could attest to it. I watched how her family tried to, um, uh, you know, denigrate me, degenerate me at all costs. And I'm here sitting there, I'm like, um, you have no papers. And to the point that my mother had to step in to help her get her paper, try to help her get her papers. She told she told me, "Oh, your mother doesn't know about immigration." I said, "Hold up! My mother came from Haiti, and everybody who she sponsored got their visa in six months. That was that was up until her last days, two twenty two thousand eighteen. She was getting people their visas in six months because she knew the lingo, she knew the language, and I can tell you, if my mother was an immigration immigration lawyer. She would have been one hell of a lawyer. I tell you that much. So." That's another issue, too, with the list. And not not just the girl, not just the female, but her family as well, especially because her a family full of women. Um, You know, bitter women are, you know, could be detriment to the girl who may find that man she's looking for. Those bitter women could be detrimental to her relationship with that man that everything she's looking for is there. But the bitter women will find a way to um, make him feel low, take away his esteem and all that stuff. Um And for the record, if my girl does answer, I'm not single. I have a girlfriend. But you know, let's get that
0: clear for kicking my ass. Not married. My yeah, you <laughs> you're not single. Down and then It's not. No, so it's, all good. Good. it's all good. It's all good. Happily, girl. Listen, listen,
3: listen, listen, listen. We can say I am not married. We can say that. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, you know. I've been dealing, with, dealing with, the, with the girl I'm dealing with right now. Not from her, I deal dealing with her mother. And her mother, you know, at times just questions my manhood. I'm looking at like, yeah, we we went on a trip and the car engine like came on. Um, me as a man, I'm not driving that car without no oil. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna take whatever oil that's available to put it in a damn engine so we can make it to AC. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got the right like, Oh, you put the wrong oil in the car. This, that, and the other. I said, you know what? How about I just let you let the electric driver drive the car with no oil, blow out the engine, and you spend three thousand dollars paying for that engine? How about that? You know what I'm saying? So, but another thing too, I want to add to it also. Um, this is something I learned from um, a webinar that I I went to. One of my mentors, Mister Juan Nunez Nunez. Uh, we had a, a we had an event back in February in, in Valentine's Day called Love, Love and Money. And He mentioned in the relationship um, something that we that we that we have to do. It's like the four C's. But I only remember three of the four C's, but he always he said one thing when it comes to love and money is do not compare, do not criticize, do not complain. Now, how important is that in a relationship to maintain the sanctity of the relationship to keep it going to a positive direction? Because the thing is that like like. Um, A marriage is not a sprint; it's a marathon.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's. What I mean by that is is that.
3: What I mean by this is is that you. The wedding is great. The wedding, the the, the, mm -hmm. The wedding wedding stage, the wedding stage is just a stage. It's not the marriage. It's just the wedding stage. It does become a marriage to hit that hit hit that 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 partner road. Mm-hmm. How you gonna get through that?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And once you figure out the way, now, now it becomes a marriage, right? That's yeah. what I'm gonna say about that.
4: Joe, uh, I was I was holding my tongue. I was listening to everybody talk about the situation. Um, Cameron was that what was the guy's name that just Cam. left? yeah Cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cam. Cam um, has some valid points. I like like what he said. Um, uh, Relationships, basically, when you come into a relationship before you even get married, you shouldn't come to the table with expectations. That's what everybody's problem is. They come to the table with expectations. Stop doing that. We We don't even know each other yet. I have to learn you. You have to learn me. Having expectations before we get there, it's like... I wanted to see Mortal Kombat. I had all these expectations in my head. When I saw the movie, the movie might have been trash. After waiting for so long to watch this movie, now this movie is trash, now I'm disappointed because this is not the movie I thought of in my head. Now, that's people's expectations coming up into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, it's frustrating on both ends. It's frustrating because you had this idea in your head. It's not what you pictured. And oh my God, my whole world is crushed because these are not things that I wanted. Okay. The other side of that spectrum, I don't fit any of those characteristics. Why should I sit there and cater to that? Should I cater to that? Should I let go of what I am to meet your needs? There's a conflict of interest there because I'm losing myself appeasing you. I may care for you. I may like you may feel myself wanting to grow with you, but you're taking away from me. And it's almost like starting over and not knowing the person that I'm standing next to. (laughs) Walking into a relationship. Now we get into the relationship. Let's say expectations aside, you meet the needs and everything like that. You're willing to work into a marriage. You get into a marriage. That is a commitment. You committed to each other. That is an agreement you made with one another to make things work. Thick and thin, good and bad, sickness and health, all of that. That's the commitment you made. You said your words when you said your vows. That's what you said. To go against that, that's on you and your partner. You try to make it work. You go through the stages. You go through the counseling. You go through the ups and downs. Oh, I can't stand him because he didn't take out the trash. I can't stand her because she talks too much. I don't know. <laughs> there's so many things to add to the equation, but it's a give and take. Come on now. Let's be realistic about the situation. Not all the time there's going to be 100% uh, Disney ending, happy ending, and everything is going to be hunky-dory. It's not. It's not. It's a give and take type of deal. Sometimes you're going to have to look over the flaws of your partner and see if you want to continue your relationship with them to carry on. Sometimes you get into binds where I have to carry the ball for a few and I'm just going to have to carry it until you get get right and then pass the ball to me and let me carry it the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to be a give and take like that. Sometimes it's going to be y'all walking parallel together Not necessarily y'all both doing even things, just walking parallel together. The fact that you're there and you're committed to each other should be it. If you're in my line of sight, I shouldn't have no problems. If I see you, you see me, there should be no problems. There should be no question. Because my vows, because of what I said, I wanted to marry you. That should be it. That should be it. The questions and things that go through your head is something you're going to have to ask yourself. Why do I have these thoughts in my head? This is not what my partner is telling me. Are you saying because of his actions or because of her actions, I'm thinking this way and this makes me feel this way. So I think this is reality. No. Hmm. It cannot be reality. It's something you put in your head, same as the expectations before you came into the relationship. It's the same type of deal. You're filling your head with pictures. Stop doing that. Like you said earlier, communication would negate all of that. Having an open dialogue, talking back and forth, understanding where the other person's coming from. Yes, that is key. That is the big key to the whole equation. But in order to get where you are, you have to have the commitment of the other partner to have that open line of communication, the want, the need for that to move forward, to progress. We live in a microwave society where it was like, Oh, I don't feel like dealing with that. Fuck <laughs> that. I'll get somebody else. It's, yes. it's just like that. I see it on TV. Why can't it be me? Like all these celebrity marriages that are like three seconds <laughs> here today, gone tomorrow, the, the housewives, the, you, Dom, you can name all the shows for me because I don't know. <laughs> Love and
5: hip-hop,
4: hip-hop, basketball wives, all of that stuff. All
5: of and that. Another,
3: another thing to me, me add one more thing to it too, is what, is what women are guilty of, especially, oh, if you don't do it, I'm going to go find another man who can do it for me. That is a very immature thing to say in a relationship, in a relationship or a marriage. It's very immature to say that. And that opens a door for the man to also look elsewhere also, to find that woman who will not throw that in his face at every given opportunity. We got to understand that men cheat not because there's a disease. It's something that that little small thing that female said to him that set him off that, that other path. There's triggers to everything.
4: It's triggers. There's triggers to everything. There's a trigger There's a trigger to depression. There's a trigger to, to people drinking. There's a trigger to people that get on drugs. It's a trigger. Something triggered that for that to happen. Their response was, this will make it better.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and, and that's actual, it, it, and we're going to, we'll close on, on those thoughts soon, but it, you're absolutely right. Triggers are a key and we unfortunately often don't recognize or realize our triggers Mm -hmm. until we're triggered and then we don't know our reaction until we're until that triggers because and oftentimes that's your first time something that happens uh it, it was a comic book i used to read it was a batman comic book and joker said we're all just one bad day from snapping true and we really are. With my relationship, we had a perfect relationship for 14 out of 15 years, a perfect marriage mm-hmm. for eight and a half out of nine years. And then there was a mental health element triggered where it became unhealthy for for me to continue to be in a And we're still good friends to this day. But we knew we couldn't be married because we were all in danger. So there's triggers that... Is something that our educational system doesn't teach us. Not only as men Mm -hmm. and women, I feel mental health should be a class. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Like our whole educational system, I would just love to just uproot it, throw it in the trash and teach people how to live and thrive instead of teaching us how to be minimum wage workers. Because that's all they want us to be is they, they put us in these environments so we can we can be batteries in the matrix, which is the patriarchy, which is the system, which is white supremacy, which is America, is a system Mm -hmm. where we're designed, especially if you go to public schools. I don't know if any of you guys went to private school, but I went to public school. And and they had me thinking I was Albert Einstein because I could (laughs) I'm dumb as fuck. (laughs) I am not bright. Like I literally my brain goes left, but because I could read and I could communicate when the, the standards were set so low for everyone else in comparison, right. they were like, oh, this kid's a genius. And then I was like, no, I'm dumb as fuck. I just can read well and I can articulate. And you know, when you get a math problem, I'm like, yeah, 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 two plus two equals 72. My brain just doesn't work that way. So it's, it's interesting, the tools that we're given, but um, yeah. um, this has been a intriguing conversation. I could do this all night, but I, I respect everyone's time. I want everybody to just go around the room, just get a closing word, and uh, of course, give your social media details, where they can find you and what you got going on. And I'm humbly just grateful that you guys joined me on the first episode of season two. <laughs> after. Uh, so Rose, I'm going to give you your word. Let everybody know what you got going on. Give us a closing word, where they can find you, and tell us about that fantastic podcast. The floor is yours.
5: Okay.
1: Well, y'all, um, my podcast is called Mama Life, and you guys could find me on Instagram, Mama Life Plus 3. And my closing word, oh, my God, this has been amazing. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> it has been an honor i was like yay i'm on the show so (laughs) yes so wow do i have any closing words because dang you guys went in deep
0: (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate your honesty and having a female perspective because sometimes when we have these relationship conversations uh, i get a lot of comments you guys are just bashing the women. No, we love the women. We no. love the women. We all come from a woman. And I don't know a man of color that will mess your ass up for their mama. I don't know. I don't right. know. <laughs> I, I don't know what. Like, we all got a grandma or auntie that we will mess your ass up for that. So, and, you know, anybody that's a girl dad, we have daughters that we will mess your ass up. So it's never been us hating women. I think is a situation where we hate the energy that's been taught to women and men that we just have to stop this miseducation. that we can, yeah. you know, we're not fighting each other. We are on the same team. Uh, sure. But we, have, we to be on the same team, our goals have to align. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest keys. But uh, uh, guys, I'll give you guys the last word and uh, go ahead and uh, tell the people where they can find you and what you have going on.
5: Let me go, you want first? To go,
0: first? go ahead do it go
5: ahead,
3: bro. <laughs> it's your man, big dumb, host of True Players Podcast. You can catch it on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash True Players Podcast, T-R-U-P-L-A-Y-A-Z podcast. Got my co-host Joey G on this podcast with Donna Den, along with our, my my main man Sean up in here. We we do it big, you know what I'm saying? um we hold no punches We this you think this is nothing this is nothing <laughs> compared to what we do on truth i guess it's definitely not, not nothing but then we say i'm big combo kind of one family it, it gets even worse from there but on on the serious tip you know i love i love joining other people's podcasts to give a pers- my perspective and also network with a lot of people We never know who we network in this world that could elevate us to another level no matter what experience they may have and things like that. And I'm also offering services to any um, nurses, any police officers, any firefighters, any essential workers who lost their jobs because they didn't get themselves inoculated. I can help you guys with your 401K and 403Bs to be rolled over to a different vehicle because all that hard work that you placed in, you're still entitled to your retirement benefits. Let's roll over those benefits so you can still have an opportunity to help it grow. And you can save some more money and grow it even even more into your next job or into retirement if you choose to retire. I'm willing to offer those services to me, to you. You can contact me once again on my on my Gmail, true at gmail.com. And I ask all the other hosts that if you know anybody who has those um situations, definitely let me know and contact me. And I can definitely help them out and lead them to the right direction and things like that. So on that note, on before I let you go, stay tuned to my women's entrepreneurship series. I'm excited to get this started. I can't wait getting started. The reason why I held back is because I want to be able to promote, promote it properly for the beautiful woman that's going to join the True Players podcast on the women's entrepreneurship. They need to be celebrated just as much as men. Male entrepreneurs also need to be celebrated. We need to celebrate them more. You know what I'm saying? Because I love my women. You know, I'm a one-woman man, but I love all women. And I need to put them on a pedestal that they, that they, deserve, that they deserve to be on. Not, not that I love hip-hop or basketball is bullshit, Well, I'm on a real level, shit. <laughs> and I just landed my goddamn plane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. Joey G, closes out,
4: brother. What's going on, this is your man Joey G, host of Bear Convo and Family. Uh, it's been a pleasure being down in the den. I really enjoy the conversation with people. You have valid points. Uh, You give me points to think about and points to points of uh, perspective that may have been overlooked in conversation. So I appreciate that. Um, I I was taking notes. (laughs) I was taking notes. I was literally taking notes as as we were having the conversation because these are key points. What you guys were talking about, I had to sit there and write these key points down because I wanted to hone in exactly on my points. These are things that I've felt before, but after hearing you guys talk and everything like that, I was like, yeah, these are, these are the key points I need to bring into this conversation. And I was glad to be able to uh, join and be a part of that. As far as reaching out and, and wanting to be a part of uh my social media and everything like that beer family convo you can see me on true players podcast you can see me on down in the den I'll be back um <laughs> I'll be back but and I'll be around I'll be around so you can check me out anywhere there or on Facebook you'll see me up there um, look for Latin Dragon, if anybody... Latin Dragon 1977, if you're playing PlayStation, uh, Xbox, or anything like that. I'm out there. I'm gaming also. Uh-
0: <laughs> trying to get in this Twitch, man. I'm trying to figure out. Apparently, I saw what the money was leaked. I said, I'm in the wrong platform. I need to go and get on this Twitch. I'm trying to... It's
4: it's it's a little combination of what you're doing now, just a little bit with the controller in your hand. Um uh- <laughs> We can get back to that one. Um, But the other thing I have going on is uh, the Gomez Legato. You can check that out on XD. We have a store for uh, jewelry, T-shirts, and various things that are coming. Ornaments for Christmas. Um, More ethnic-based because that's lacking in the market right now. And um, that's where we're pushing for Christmas this year. Uh, Check it out when you get a chance. And until next time... I look forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, Queens, Kings, uh, Cam, who's not here. Should, uh, check him out on the Cameron journal podcast. Uh, it's available everywhere. That podcast. are here. this amazing show. Uh, thank him for uh, showing up. And we know he had to take a t- uh, teacher class. So I uh, thank him for carbon. Thank Rose. Check out the mama life, uh, plus three podcast for all the mothers, for all the fathers. It's family-friendly. She's cool. She's dope. She's amazing. Thank you. My man, Dom, and my man, Joey G, thank you, True Players Podcast. Check out everything Joey G has going on. Check out everything, Dom. Get those products that they're purchasing if you know anyone that needs those services. Also, we have Down in the Den merch available, you know, links in the bio. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got the down in the den after dark with the sexy lips on it, like my sexy lips. So we got that. We got draws. We got, uh, we got, we got everything for real. As my trademark say, everything's for sale. So go out there and get yourself some products. And uh, as always guys, it's been season two. It's been a blast, man. I think this has been the best episode. Shout out to my other co-hosts from the other episodes. I love you guys, but you know, this has been the best episode. So uh, <laughs> all of these people, I hope leave will uh, set my humble invite to return because I don't think we are done with some of these conversations. And hopefully I can, uh, you know, whenever they need me, I'm there. That's what the whole Denmate community is about. I always say, man, uh, anybody that has passion, purpose and a plan, I rock with you and all three of you, including Cameron, all four of you have that in spades, and that's what I look for, that's what I, I love, so thank you guys again for joining us this has been episode one, season two, down in the den, after dark, we're unfiltered, we're unrated you, you get the real raw shine, my voice don't even sound the same you know, normally I'm like
5: <laughs>
0: you know, but no, you're get you getting the raw shine, so after dark, thank you guys again for joining me, this has been another stellar episode, and as always in, deuces also like, comment, subscribe, show starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe, the show starting right now.